Stay on time with the, uh, the live stream. I know we've got folks watching around the country. And uh, so we're trying to, as best we can, to stay on schedule. We're a couple minutes behind here. So, uh, all right, so this is the last of our morning sessions. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> we're going to talk about how do we walk people through that process. You know, discipleship is not about information, it's about transformation. Uh, it's not about just filling somebody's head, but we want to take them down a continuum uh, toward leadership. Uh, maturing them <coughs> in their faith, and uh, so we kind of labeled this from, from relationship to leadership. Uh, that's, that's the goal. We want to move people in that direction. Uh, that this personal discipleship process may not in totality get them there, but uh, we want to move them in that direction. So we've asked Rex Terry uh, to come and, uh, and to share that with us. Rex uh, leads worship at Decatur Baptist Church. Uh, where, uh, where I serve. He's been there for 36, 36 years. Uh, he came when he was four. Uh, <laughs> started. Uh, so he was a uh, child prodigy. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's been doing it for 36 years from four years of age. That's pretty awesome. Uh, actually, I'm thrilled to have Rex. Uh, I had to kind of talk him into it. Uh, but thrilled to have him here uh, doing this because he discipled me. Uh, so what a cool thing uh, for me uh, to have him here doing this uh, and then us to be serving together again, uh, which is just, you know, wow. Uh, talk, about, talk about God doing cool stuff. Uh, that's cool. That's really good. So. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a session we're going to talk about how to get from relationship to leadership. And again, Rex Terry is going to be speaking to us. I'm going to pray Please. for us and for him, mm. and uh, we'll get going, okay? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Uh, again, we're just grateful uh, to be able to be here. Uh, Lord, as uh, I've heard uh, Sam say so many times, we're so rich uh, with, with this fellowship and with our brothers and sisters in Christ uh, for the things that you have given to us, the things that you have taught us the resources that you have brought to bear to, to grow us up and to develop us and to uh, cause this iron to sharpen iron and for us to uh, be able to, to learn from one another. We thank you for what you're teaching us. I pray for Rex. I pray, Father, as you uh, bring him to, to, to teach us this morning that we would hear and receive the things you have for us and uh, they would truly be transformational in our lives, that we would take them and, and apply them and use them, uh, that uh, ultimately one day there would be multiplied worshipers around your throne because of what we learned here this morning. Uh, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Right. Amen. Thank you, sir. Let me do a couple of things. Since I'm a praise and worship leader, I work with the media guys as well and the media team. They've done a great, great job. Give these guys a hand. While we're sitting here enjoying it all, they're up there working hard, so thank you very, very much. These, uh, these guys deserve a hand. Amen. And uh, again, as Joe said, I, I, I declined at first. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm, I'm the one that needs to be up here, but I great, uh, greatly appreciate the opportunity. And uh, the, the, this church has been very hospitable the last three days. Amen? And so that's, uh, that's to the credit of James and Joe, I know. So I hope you'll get to those guys. I haven't been able to get to a door that somebody didn't open it for me. So I'm not sure what happened on the uh, getting the guy here to speak. But nonetheless, uh, they, they, they have been good to me. 
and I think to the rest of us. So it, it, it is a joy to be here. Yeah, yeah, my concern, this is my first time here. And it's kind of like, I, I don't need to speak, being, being my first time to come. Uh, so I declined, and then Joe came back and, and, and encouraged me. And then I thought, you know what? He, he's, my, he's my new lead pastor. I guess I need to do it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I've been at Decatur Baptist for 36 years. Uh, one of the things that's interesting, and, and I think what's unique about me being here, and I don't know all the reasons why Joe asked me to speak, uh, I noticed all the other day speakers, they're all lead pastors. I do praise and worship. I'm the music guy. So just be mindful of that. You guys good with that? Uh, so, yeah, it, it's, it's a privilege to be able to be here. Uh, I'm married. have a wonderful wife. Her name is Dawn, and uh, we have been married 36 years. We've been doing ministry at Decatur Baptist Church for 36 years. Uh, we have two adult sons that we are very, very proud of, and they're both married. And uh, I'm a granddad. Uh, Hudson just turned one the other day. And when Madison was telling me, uh, his his name is Hudson Bryce. Bryce comes from my wife's dad's name. Uh, She was an only child. Hudson, yeah, uh, we wanted to name him after Hudson Taylor. So we are are proud of him and uh, so thankful that we... uh, we have, a, we have a grandson to be able to pour, pour into, and we have another one on the way. So I want you to know, I'm a granddad. Uh, I'm 60. Sam said he was, what, 50, 50-something? So I think of the day speakers, there we are. Didn't you say you're 50-something? Uh, okay, so I'm 60. So I'm the granddad up here, and I think I'm the oldest day speaker up here. So that's... That's going to allow me, I hope, to say some things and just keep in mind, well, that's granddad up there. <laughs> you, you okay with that? Because sometimes I can, I can be a little bit straightforward. But that's okay. You, we, we good with that? So let me, let me give the backstory concerning uh, Pastor Joe. Uh, 30 years ago, uh, I had the privilege of leading a friend of mine. His name is Phil to Christ. And uh, he worked at uh, a uh, computer company, Intergraph. He said, man, I've got a buddy I want us to go visit. And uh, he said, his name is Joe. And uh, we went to Joe's apartment and uh, met Joe and had an opportunity to share Jesus with him. Joe gave a very clear profession of faith, but he said, man, I know I'm not where I need to be. And uh, rededicated his life. Uh, began to attend uh, there at Decatur Baptist Church, was discipled, uh, came on staff at Decatur Baptist Church. Uh, you guys enjoyed his ministry here for 14 years, and, and now he's back at Decatur Baptist Church, and he's my pastor. I think that's cool. I don't think... I don't think 30 years ago your plan was to be a pastor. I don't think that was on your radar. I don't think that was your, the, the path that you were seeking to go on. But today he's my pastor. And, and I think that's a cool thing. And discipleship works. 
And I, and, I, and I know we're on information overload at this point. This is the third day. <laughs> this is the last morning class. Uh, I think we're full. Sam, thank you. I know he doesn't do it for applause, but thank you for what you have shared. I have grown. I have been blessed. Uh, thank you for what you're sharing. I, I, can't, I shared with him earlier. So many other pastors need to hear what he has shared. And uh, thank you for being faithful Amen. and sticking by the stuff. Because we need men that will stay faithful and stick by the stuff. We really do. And so thank you. And I know there's many others that are here that are are faithful men as well. And so we're we're, we're thankful for that. I I had heard Sam's name, but never had an opportunity to meet him. And so I'm privileged to be able to to meet with him and to uh, experience his ministry and to, uh, to be able to learn from him. I have no handout, so if you got a piece of paper and you just want to scratch something down, that's fine. Uh, I, I just want to encourage and share us this morning, and I got, have about five things, and, and I will be done. I think we'll take questions and answers if they need to. But uh, number one, discipleship begins at home. Let me just encourage that. I, I know Sam has alluded to that, but I just want to straightforward say discipleship begins at home. Uh, your, your wife, your family, the, the family that, that you have is your first ministry. Right. That, 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 that's where I would encourage you to be successful uh, greater than any other area. Uh, Randy came up and put his arms around me and said, man, I'm praying for you. You know what? That meant a lot. And I know Jay and others and those that are with us from Decatur Baptist are praying for us. But I got a text a while ago from my son. He said, Dad, I'm praying for you. It meant a lot. Randy, I'm thankful that you prayed for me, and it meant a lot. I didn't tear up like I am now. Sure. And just have, having influence with your family and, and discipling your family yeah. and pouring into them. Amen. Because what goes on behind the closed, closed doors, doors of your home is extremely important. And it will affect your ministry. Lead your family well. Take take, all the principles and everything that Sam has shared and and Jay and Randy, all this stuff, you know what? It works at home. These principles uh, work really well there. And uh, this this is how you parent. This is how you grow someone up. And so, again, just wanted to, 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 to very, very clearly say your life behind... The closed doors of your home matters. Lead your family well. Discipleship begins at home. Number two, lead pastors. Please stop trying to cut corners and reinvent something that doesn't need to be reinvented. Man, again, what, what Paul has shared in the evening services, it's pretty straightforward and it's pretty simple, amen? We need to take the gospel to the world. We need to baptize those who receive Christ, and then we need to do what? Disciples. Yeah, that, that's the ministry. And, the, and that doesn't need to be reinvented. Right. It, it, it's pretty simple. And, and the process is, is, is very, very simple. Now, again, there's a, there's a lot involved with that. But, man, stop trying to, to, to cut corners and reinvent God's simple plan and process. If, if we're not careful, we're, we're guilty of what I'm going to call ox cart Christianity. You familiar with that? 
there in Samuel where the Philistines had stolen the ark, and obviously they did not enjoy that experience. And they sent it back on a cart. And if I can use the, 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 the vernacular, the lead pastor, David, said, you know what, we need to get the ark back home. And I get it. Putting it on a cart makes sense. I'm just trying to get it from point A to point B. And this is, understand, this is a man that loves God. This is a man who's committed to the Word. I mean, get in Psalms. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Man, thy word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. This is the guy that says, you know what? How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. But understand, lead pastors can get sideways. Lead pastors, can I get an amen from that as well? I got one from my lead pastor here, Joe. And so his decision, his decision to put it on a cart and bring it home, the church family rallied around him and said, let's go. And somebody lost their life. Somebody lost their life. And so the, the job didn't get done because even the lead pastor forgot. Yeah. This book says we're to carry it. Right. Yeah, it takes longer. God said to do what? And discipleship. Man, I appreciate what, what Paul has been sharing in the evening services. We're looking for ways to cut corners and somehow make discipleship quicker and easier. There, there, there's a reason to the method right. in the process. Right. And there's some things about maturity that you can't speed that up. Right. It just takes time. Right. And if we'll just, stay, if we'll just stick to the plan, right. I, I want to say to my Pastor Joe, let's just stick to the plan. As a staff member, man, I'm on board. I'm willing to follow. But your decisions as lead pastors affects people. Yeah. It affects me as a staff member. And so I plead with you, stick with the plan, if I can graciously say that. Because my pastor asked me to come up here and speak. <laughs> Let's stick with the plan. Because people get hurt when we don't. Ministry doesn't happen when it doesn't. And uh, man, again, I, I greatly appreciate uh, all that Jay and Randy and Sam and so many others have been sharing and just make sure that we're sticking with the plan. Make sure that, that we are leading our folks well. And leadership begins at home, leadership at church, and just making sure that, that God's word is the authority of our life. This is where we're at. And just making sure that we're, we're all, as leaders, still being discipled from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're in the book. We're pursuing God. We're walking with him. And we're letting him guide and direct us. I've got to be in the book. I know so many times we're preparing for other things and we're, and we're preparing to, to minister to people and we're preparing to disciple. I still need Jesus to disciple me because I haven't arrived yet. Amen. And I still need to be in the book. Yeah. 
And I'm thankful for the challenge that, that Joe, again, brought to our church. And, and using, Mark, your material in pursuit of God and, and going through the commentary that you have, again, in an opportunity to read God's Word every day and get His commentary and get our pastor's commentary and just have an amazing walk with God and learn from Him Amen. and keep learning and keep learning. And as many times as I've read through God's Word, it's amazing what He still reveals and what He's still teaching, what I'm still growing. As you guys have taught, we have the Holy Spirit he wants to teach. He wants to guide. He wants to, to direct us. Let's just make sure we have that relationship with him as leaders because people are depending upon us to make good decisions. We've got to be men of wisdom. And so let's make sure we're leading our families well. Don't sacrifice your family. You, 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 can, you, you, can, you can lead your family well and you can lead your church well if you're willing to make right decisions, if you're willing to say no to things that you don't need to be involved in and say yes to the things that you need to say yes to. We don't need to lose another family. And I'm not losing mine for you. I'm just telling you. I've told my church family that. I love you, I care for you, but I'm not losing my family for you. Let's make that commitment. Amen. It's a part of the process of discipleship. Yeah. Probably not what Joe was expecting me to say. It's probably not what you were expecting to hear. But that's a part of the process of discipleship. Amen. And let's just make sure we're, we're, we're doing that at home. Let's make sure as we're leading our churches that we're, that we're following God's word. And so as we kind of jump into more of probably what you were expecting. Discipleship is a relationship. It's a life-on-life process, as has been already very clearly communicated. It's not just getting through lessons. It's lives being changed. It's inviting somebody in your life, and you're going to show them how to do ministry. You're going to give them an opportunity to do ministry. It's not just getting through a lesson. It's not just getting in a class, but it's giving them an opportunity to watch you and observe you. And at some point in time, you're going to give them an opportunity to serve because you want to reproduce yourself. Amen? So it's, it's a relationship, and we're going to see that in the example of the life of Christ. And man, I loved, again, what Sam was sharing earlier and just the, the, the unity that his church has and the family spirit that they have because of that connection. And so discipleship is a relationship. It's a commitment in that way. Uh, we want to make sure that we're inviting people into our life, not just to have a, a nice time of fellowship at Starbucks, not just to have a, a, a great time of Bible study. There's an end point. There's an end game. There's a reason why we're meeting. Right. And so the process is very, very clear. When we begin to look at the life of Christ, uh, basically three things that he did. But first of all, Jesus invited select men to come what? Come follow me. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. In fact, let me turn to that. I'm assuming you guys have your Bible uh, or a tablet or some way of looking that. But let me just read that to us really, really quick. You probably even have it memorized. But Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse uh, 18. And Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting an end into the sea, for they were fisher. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will do what? I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. That's a pretty big sacrifice. Jesus carefully chose and selected who he was going to pour his life into 
because he knows the end game. He knows what he's trying to accomplish. And, and, and it's, it's amazing of all the ways that Jesus could have done this. After his resurrection, it would have been cool for him just to stay here on earth. And to be seen of men, generation after generation. I mean, there's all kinds of ways, more effective ways, more faithful ways for folks to know of the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and even the angelic messengers that he, that he sent. Yeah. But he's put it upon the shoulders of you and I. And so knowing the end result and knowing the responsibility in about three, three and a half years, I'm going home and I'm going to leave it to these men to take the gospel to the world. Yeah. And so our selection, man, I, I, I was challenged with what Brother Paul shared last night. Yeah. And just the importance of discipleship and that selection process and knowing that, that, that the persons that we're pouring our lives into, it's not just for a time of fellowship. It's not just to, 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 to have a, a great friendship. It's not just to pass on information. There's, a, there, there, there's an end result that we're wanting. We're, we're, we're trying to reproduce ourselves in someone that can come alongside and be a part of the ministry. And so Jesus invited these men to come follow him. He wasn't looking for volunteers. He specifically, carefully selected those that he was going to pour his life into, and those men were willing to make a sacrifice. And again, I think Jeff shared that in his session, and, and uh, Sam shared it in well, just that process of how you vet, how you select, and uh, carefully pairing up people and uh, making sure that fit is right, but making sure that that, pers that person that, that I'm going to give my life to, they're committed. They want to go on this ride with me where we're going, and uh, so very, very important. One of, one of the things typically what I will do, I'll take uh, the person to lunch with me and... Uh, uh, at least the process that we presently have, and just kind of share with them, here's where we're headed. Man, I, I'm, I'm, I want to pour my life into you. I, I want to, uh, and I want to establish you in the Word. Uh, I want to help you see, uh, get, see you get connected in, in our church as far as the fellowship. Uh, I want you to, I wanted Randy to see his identity in Christ Amen. and that his past wasn't his identity. You're a child of God. Amen. You're a son of God, and God can use you. Yeah. God has a plan for you. And then I want to get him involved in ministry. And uh, I'll share with them. We're, I, we're, I want you to commit to reading through the Bible with me. And uh, I, want, I want you to come prepared with the lesson that we're going to go through. I want you to have studied it so that uh, I don't have to come back and read it to you, but we're going to talk about it, and we're going to learn some things from it. And, and just laying out some criteria of, of the expectation. And don't leave me hanging. At least give me a, a heads up, hey, I can't make it. But here's the deal. I'm willing to give you my time, but that's time I could spend with my wife, or that's time that I could spend with my especially when they were in the house growing up. And they played baseball and football and golf. And I helped coach, and I was going to be there for them. And their, their priority was greater than yours. But I will make time, but I'm looking for a commitment. Because it's not about me. 
uh, I want my family to do well. Does that make sense? And I think there, there, there's a cost, and I'm, will, I'm, willing, I'm willing to make the sacrifice. But just understand, I'm not doing it by myself. Uh, my family's a part of this with you. And, and just making sure that they understand that and being committed to that, because, again, I'm, I'm willing to commit my time, but I think there's a sacrifice on their part as well because of where we're wanting to go. Jesus invited specific men to come follow him, and he was willing to give his life. He said, come follow me. Come spend time with me. Come watch me. Come observe me. And in that process, if we were, look, if we were to take the time to read through Matthew 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, headed towards Matthew 10, they watched him heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse lepers. And it was an amazing thing, amen? And there were times when he pulled them aside and he taught them and he imparted knowledge and information. And there were times then again when they went out and the feeding of the fire and all the stuff that's going on and they're watching and observing. But Matthew chapter 10 is a really cool transition point. Up to that point, they've just been disciples. A disciple simply watches and observes, amen? They've been, and literally what he said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. But in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus empowered these men and he, shared, he literally shared his ministry with them. Matthew 10 says, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them, what's the word? I can't give I can't give that kind of power to my disciple, but I can empower them. And I, and I will share that in a minute. But he gave them power, again, against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. So understanding, he's, he's giving these men an opportunity. Do you, know, do you understand the notoriety that, be, that comes with being able to heal the sick and raise the dead? You know the prestige that comes with that? And that fact that everybody wants to get to you? And that, that, that's a pretty cool place to be. But Jesus had a bigger vision than that. Yeah. Our Savior was willing to share what he could do with these men. Yeah. That, that's big. And, and I appreciate what shared, Sam shared and some of the others. We, we've got <laughs> we, to let him serve where we serve. Amen. I remember the first time I taught, I don't know why the, pa the, the, the pastor gave me his class when I first came to, to it was Molten Heights at the time, uh, because I, I hated speech. I, I was terrified, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm not thrilled to be here now. I lead praise and worship. <laughs> you know, let's, let's get the band going here, and let's get, 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 get a song going, and, I, and I'm good. I'm a little bit out of my comfort zone, but that's okay. But the point being, Jesus led these men beyond their comfort zone. He, most, most of us serve, in fact, if, if we were to do it the way the average church does it, we're asking for volunteers. We need a teacher, we need this, we need that. Most people get involved at a level that they're comfortable with. They think about it and they come back and they say, Pastor Jay or Randy, you know what? I thought about it. I think I can do that. Whereas what Jesus asked these men to do was way beyond their comfort zone. In fact, 
they could not do it without his help. And, and where, 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 where most of us need to be, where, where all of us need to be, serving at a level to where we're desperate for God. And Lord, without your help, I, I can't do what Pastor Joe's asked me to do. Because it's not in me. Come Sunday, I need you. All of you have experienced, when you've been asked to do something that you don't normally do, you typically pray more, you, you, you study more, you come to church prepared more, you lived cleaner that week because you want God's blessings on your life because i got to get up and do something I normally don't do. Amen or oh me? Isn't that where we're at? That's where we need, if, if we're not serving at that level come Sunday every week, we may not be serving at the level that we need to, or we don't recognize that, hey, you know what? The power's not in me. The power's in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. And even though I've been, for 36 years, I've been coming on a stage like this, leading praise and worship. But I've got to remember, every time, and I, I apologize if I'm getting out of, out, of, out of the frame there, coming up on these steps, I can't do what I have been doing for 36 years. And I have to remind myself of that. Lord, I need your help today. I can't do what needs to be done without your power, without your blessings. And that's where we need to be. And I, and, and I understand, ministers, it's, it's easy to kind of get in the game of, I've done that before, we'll yeah. get by. Yeah. We don't need to get by. Yeah. Our, our churches don't need to get by. We need the Lord's leadership Amen. and help and power and anointing. And it begins with us. Yeah. And encouraging our folks to go beyond where they're comfortable and leading to a point to, to, to be in ministry at a level where they are desperate for God. Amen. And Lord, I need your help. I need your blessing. And showing them that, you know what, you really can do this. And what I'm not doing is, about not, is not about me. What I'm, not, it, what I'm doing uh, is not because of my giftedness, giftedness. What I'm doing is because of the Lord's power and blessing and help. And if I can do it, you can do it. Amen? Amen. I don't do anything that someone else couldn't do. And uh, we, we, we just need to understand that. Jesus shared his ministry in, in, in an amazing way. And so he invited these men to come follow with him. He, he empowered these men uh, to, to, to take and do his ministry. And I appreciate what, what uh, Sam had shared uh, in his session. I, I keep alluding to him, and I apologize for that. You'll have to go back and watch that, I hope. But talking about, again, getting, involved, getting folks involved in ministry and sharing that pulpit and, and, and giving folks an opportunity to teach where you teach, getting, giving folks an opportunity to minister where you, where you minister. Because, again, going back to that illustration of where I was asked to teach, I remember the first time I taught, studied for hours, 10 minutes, shot the whole wad. <laughs> now, what do we do for the rest, the, rest, you know, the other 30 minutes? Walked away from that. Thank goodness for people that just loved me as a congregation. That little class. Again, godly people that, that were solid in their faith that I couldn't steer. <laughs> that gave me an opportunity to minister. Because the only way I know how you can learn to teach and preach and minister 
is to have an opportunity to teach and preach and minister. The other way that you can empower them, remember in school when the substitute teacher showed up? We thought of her or him as the what? Substitute. And when I only have people filling in for me in my absence, they're pretty much viewed as the substitute. They're not the real deal. They're not, they're not the real deal. But I can empower my disciple when I bring him or her, him, ladies discipling, ladies, men discipling, when, when, I, when, I, when I bring him into my ministry and I'm there, and it's kind of like, wow, wow Rex, Rex isn't doing that. Joe is doing that. Randy's doing that. Jay is doing that. And I'm there saying, amen. And, it doesn't just, and it's not just one time. It's another time. It's another. That's, that's how you and I can empower our disciple in the eyes of the people to say, he or she's not just a substitute. They're the real deal. They've got credibility. That they're, hey, they're God's, God's hand of blessing is upon them. They can do this. And that, that's, that, that's how we can empower them. And so we invite them to come follow us. We empower them to do ministry. And then Jesus, and I, and I toyed with so the, the, what word to use. I'm going to use both. Jesus entrusted and released these men to go do the work of the ministry. He invited he empowered, and he entrusted them. John, John 15. John 15, verse 12. This is my commandment that ye, what? Love one another, but it doesn't stop there. You'll find every command given in God's word, there's clear illustration or there's clear communication how to fulfill that. He said, as I love you. Amen? And they knew what that meant. Greater love hath no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. I remember when that really hit me one day and I had to ask myself, Rex, are you really a friend of, of the Lord? Am I really a friend of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who loves me, gave his life for me? And am I following him and serving him and living for him and obeying him as I should? And I'm thankful that in this room and even back home, I have friends in the ministry. And we need to make sure that we are friends with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, you're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. And then he goes on to say, henceforth, I call you not servants. And that's where the relationship begins. 
Back in Matthew 4, he invited them to come follow him, and they began as disciples. In Matthew 10, the word apostle shows up for the first time as sent ones, so the relationship is growing and building. But by this time, he says, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father... I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Jesus invited them to come follow him. Jesus empowered them. He gave them the opportunity to do the ministry literally that he did. And then in John 15, he's... John 15, he's getting ready to go home. Amen? And he's now releasing these men that he's poured his life into to go do ministry. And as, again, Sam said earlier in the session, uh, we're, 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 not, we're not building our own kingdom. We're building the Lord's kingdom. And bringing these folks to a point where we can release them to, to do ministry, where we can release them to be a part of our church family, where we can release them to be a part of helping build the kingdom of God. Jesus trusted his disciples to go do the ministry, and Jesus released his disciples to go uh, uh, serve in his, in, in, on, on his behalf. A couple of closing thoughts. Not everyone's going to rise at the same level. Uh, not everybody's going to be a Simon Peter, a James, or a John. You understand what I'm saying with that? Uh, there are some of the disciples that are more known than others. And, and, and every, every disciple that you have isn't going to come to the same level that other disciples have come. Uh, there's an Old Testament illustration of that, I think, in the life of, of Moses. And I know uh, the, the advice that he was given uh, comes from Jethro. But uh, the advice that he was given, when you, when you filter it through God's word, is some good advice. And uh, basically, he's looking at the ministry of Moses. And it looks like most New Testament churches, where the lead pastor is pretty much doing everything. Everybody's coming to him for everything. Everything has to be channeled through him. <laughs> and everybody's waiting in the office to see him. And uh, Jethro says, why are you doing this to the people? <laughs> why are you treating them this way? He said, this is not good for you and it's not good for them. And the advice is, choose from among the congregation... Because there are some, there, there, there's some men out there that can lead thousands. There's some men that can lead, lead hundreds. There's some men that can lead 50. There's some men that can lead 10. Teach them what you know. Teach them the law. And show them the way. Show them how to do ministry. And we have in our congregation... We have in our church godly men and women that are very capable of helping us in the ministry. Uh, let, me, let me use an illustration. 
I was, I was headed to church one evening. I used to, we used to live in the country, headed to church one evening. And uh, the lights on my car just went dim. And the motor just stopped. Pulled over. I have no earthly idea what's happened to it. I go call a friend of mine. I said, dude, my, my car stopped. Not sure what's going on. Uh, he helps me get it back to the house. He lifts the hood. He said, I think it's your alternator. And I said, great. Which part is that? <laughs> because that's, that's not my skill. Now, again, here's the deal. I'm not dumb. I'm not ignorant. I got some degrees. I, I just That's just not something I, I did. Uh, that, that, anyway, he said, it's right here. <laughs> he said, do you have some tools? You know what? I had tools. I had all the tools I needed to fix this thing. I just didn't know how. And I would have never attempted to do it on my own because I've never done that. So we lift the hood. He takes my tools, and he makes the statement, it goes back in the same way it comes out. <laughs> and he, we unbolt it. We unsnap the wires. And it came out, and he says, take it down to such and such place, and you can have it rebuilt for an X amount of dollars. And he said, once you get it back, again, it goes back in the same way we came out. He said, I think you got it, but if you have any trouble, give me a call. I took it, got it rebuilt, cost about what he said it did. I got back to the house, lifted the hood on my car, and here's my alternator, here's me, here's my engine, and uh, my buddy said, he go, you know what, it went back in. Uh, I, had some, I, had a, I have a screwdriver about that long, and I don't know why I bought it, but I needed it that day, <laughs> because I knew I needed to put tension on that belt before I tightened up the alternator, you know what I'm saying? Right. Tightened it up, snapped the wires together, and it's kind of like, all right, here, this, this, this got in the car and it cranked. It worked. Yeah. I felt like Mr. Goodwrench. <laughs> and the Lord spoke to my heart, and this may not mean anything to you, but it meant something to me. He said, Rex, in the same way that you feared doing something that you had never done, that you could do, in the same way my friend came alongside of me and we did it together, and he showed me I could do something that I had never done before, and he empowered me and encouraged me and said, you can finish the, the, the job, but if you need help, I'm close by. He discipled me. And the Lord said, there are men sitting in the pew in the same way had the pastor said, you know what, we've got some alternators that need to be fixed. I love God. I would have never raised my hand because I've never done that before. Yeah. And the Lord said, you know what? There's some men in the church, and I, and I grew up in church, so I'm comfortable with, with church stuff. Yeah. There's guys in the church that aren't comfortable with church stuff. They're, they're comfortable with mechanic stuff, and they would volunteer and say, you know what? I, I can help with the alternator. And he said, you know what? They're, they're not going to volunteer to do things that they've never done before in the same way. That it's not that they don't love God. It's not that they don't care. they just never done it before, and... They didn't want to mess anything up. In the same way, I didn't want to mess my car up. 
but a friend of mine came along and did it with me and showed, and God said, it's the same way with the people in your church. Just invite them. Let's go make a hospital visit together. Let's, let's go do this ministry together and, and show them they can do this too. And give them an opportunity to participate. And all of a sudden, they realize, wow, I can do ministry. I can do ministry. It's, not, it's just not something for, 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 for the lead pastor. It's not just something for the staff. I, I can do ministry simply because we come along and we invite them, we do it together with them, we empower them and, and give them the opportunity. And I could have failed on that day. I could have messed up in some way and my friend would have come and helped me out and assisted me and got it back going. But he gave me that opportunity and I discovered I can change out an altar date. <laughs> I want people at church to know you can do ministry. Amen. Let's go do it together. Amen. 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 Joe.